So these people got all the right posts. They'll listen to the music in front of you. But the problem is, first, they appear to be something. The second is, they deny its power. Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So we're working our way through 2 Timothy chapter 3. So you have your Bibles, go go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Think through my mind, speak through my lips. Holy Spirit, you and I together will flow and minister. I rely on you today. I'm nothing without you. I thank you that you have declared that I am somebody in Christ. And I take my rightful place in Christ this morning as a son who who is a slave, as a pastor and a teacher in the body of Christ. I yield myself to you. Lord, take me as the potter takes the clay and do what he desires. I desire to do your will. I was born to do your will. And so, Father, I yield myself. Thank you for these graces to to minister to this body of believers that will impact the world. Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Lord, I love truth more than I love Lies. So I go after truth today with all clarity and with the intent of being faithful to the text and faithful to the leadership of the Spirit. With clear conscience, I stand before these, your people, and I minister out of that pure gospel grace that changes lives. Thank you for grace deposits, and I pray for fruit to remain. Father, let me not labor in vain, but Father, let fruit remain even into eternity, God. Father, you know I'm greedy, so I'm greedy for rewards, so I can be the biggest person in heaven to say I got the most rewards so I can give you the most glory. God, I'm so hungry for you. I'm so hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. I need you. Oh, God, I need you, Father. God, I'll go to the ends of the earth. I'll do what you say, God. I'm so thirsty for you this morning. Father, I, I, I forsake all other agendas, and I go after that which you have preordained for today. God, I thank you, Father, for the movings of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. I praise you, Jesus. And I glory. Come on, lift up your hands. Grant unto your people that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glorious inheritance that you have in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? Thank you, Father, even now that your power is, is going to every individual and minister life where there is death, where there is um, confusion, you bring wisdom and understanding. 
And I thank you, Father. You told me even this morning that you will give us people that are hungry for truth. Father, you said you will fill this church up with truth, truth seekers. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for even fulfilling your word. Give your name, glory, and honor. Just just take a few moments and, and declare your love for Jesus, your love for the Father, your love for the Holy Spirit. Just a few moments with your hands half mask. Father, we love you. We worship you. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we rely on you. Oh, we, we, we want you. We want you more than life. We want you more than our agenda. We, we, we wait upon you. We worship you. We go after you. God, everything within us. Oh, God, I thank you. We go after you, Father. Oh, we love you. We love you, Father. Be God to us. Be God to us. Throw your Godhood on us. Throw your glory on us this morning. Be God to us. You said, I'm, you said that you are our God and we are your people. You want to dwell among us. Let your manifested presence, Father, I thank you even now, that manifested presence. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Arthritis in the hand. If you got arthritis in your hand, I want you to wave at me. In the name of Jesus, wave your hand if you got arthritis in your hand. I speak life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Healing, healing in our physical bodies for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, as we are um, thinking through 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, and we're going to finish this chapter today, and then we'll do chapter 4. Um, it starts out with, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Times of difficulty. Uh, one translation says times of perilous times. Perilous times. The word difficult means, it's, uh, it also means hard to bear, or painful times, grievous times. And we already established from last week that uh, the, day, the, the first day of the last days started on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Prophesied, the prophet Joel says, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall dream dreams. Our young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Um, I, my male servants and my female servants or my handmaidens, the Lord will pour out his glory upon and so that was the beginning, the first day of the last day. And as we go to 1 John, it says we're living in the last of the last hour. So we're no longer, I want to submit to you that we're in the last days. We're in the last hours that Jesus is soon to return. His, his, his coming is upon us. And I keep saying it. I keep declaring it. Jesus is soon to return. And we have to live accordingly. And so he says, in the last days, or in, in the time that we're living, um, it's, it lists the people. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. So every time kids disobey their parents, it is a sign that we're living in the last hour. Wow. Every time. It's a fulfillment of this scripture. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. Um, this morning we started out with prayer. We was we start thanking God. Uh, we don't want to be part of that generation that's ungrateful. 
Let's, let's begin to cultivate thanksgiving. You may have two cents in the bank. Thank God for the two cents. You may have one finger that's working. Thank God for the one finger that's working. Um, you, you may only have a little influence. Thank God for the influence that you have because that increases your capacity to receive more. The more grateful you are, the more you're, you're open to receive more. And so part of that we're living in the last days, people are ungrateful. When a server comes around and serve you at a restaurant, be grateful. When um, if your garbage man picks up the garbage, even though he may not out, actually be outside picking up the garbage, may have the machine, be grateful. Have you ever thought about tipping the garbage man? A garbage woman or the male woman or the mailman. Come on, let's, 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 let's come up, come up and think bigger and better. I already paying them through my taxes, but look, come on, let's, let's put a seed on that. Amen. Amen. Bless somebody else. Even before the waiter starts serving you, why, why not give them an extra, extra money? And I bet you that service will be a little bit better. I got that from Jim Rohn. Um, it says ungrateful and unholy. So that's also part of it is we, we see a lot of people that's unholy. It goes on and says, Heartless, uh, yeah, heartless, uh, unappeasable, slanderous, um, without self-control. How, you know, a lot of people don't have self-control. They, they don't control their anger. They don't control their, um, their appetites, their food. They, they have no control. When they're hungry, they're hungry. But how many know that we, we, should, we should control ourselves? That we're not controlled by our food or we have to... I, I remember one time I was controlled by music and when artists would come out before streaming um, came, came about, I would sacrifice. I, I got to get this, this CD. I got to get it. And the girl I was dating at the time, she says, well, do you have to get it? I was willing to be late on my rent to get this CD. <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing, but I, I was serious about my music. Um, thank God for deliverance, right? <laughs> Why y'all got to say amen on that? <laughs> um, and so, so <laughs> I know it was, it was messed up. Um, un, un, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, um, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And, and, and it says having the appearance of godliness, but denying his power, avoid such people. Notice this, that, um, we're last week we talked about doing the opposite of everything that's listed here. So instead of being lovers of self, being deniers of self. Instead of loving money, um, give way money and love God more. Instead of being full of proud, being prideful, being walking in humility and so forth. We talked a lot about that. And so verse eight says, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. Avoid such people. We talked about last week that, that I believe that Paul is saying to avoid the people that appear to be godly but deny his power. Not just avoiding all the other people because those are the people that are in the world. But people who are in a church who will appear to be something that they're not. Let's dive into that a little bit. Having a form of godliness but they deny its power. They deny the power of the Holy Spirit through the gospel to affect their lives. They deny that power. Let, let, let's look at the problem with this, with these people. Um, there's two major problems with these people. Uh, they appear to be something. 
They have a form. Um, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, it says, it's talking about slaves and, and masters. It says, slaves don't do anything by, according to I, I'm paraphrasing, I service. So let's not try to impress anybody. I don't want to impress anybody. Really, I don't. Sometimes giving, and, and, and my wife could correct us if we're wrong, um, giving the impression, uh, I'm trying to make a first impression. I, I do understand that in the business world, but I'm talking about in life. I don't want to, when you meet somebody, don't try to impress them. Let us not appear to be something that we're not. Sometimes people appear to be something that they're not. I, I, I want to be the way I am at home, at church, at, at job, on the community. Um, I want to be the same. Um, you know, you go to the gym, there's a lot of profanity, and people think that that's cool, and, and I don't laugh at the jokes, and I don't participate because that's not me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Abstain from every form or appearance of evil. To appear to be something that you're not is evil. It's rooted in pride. So these people, they appear to be something. They got all the right posts. They, they, they'll listen to the music in front of you. They say all the right confessions in front of you, right? They, they'll say, I'm serving Jesus and I love Jesus. But the problem is they deny its power. That's the second problem. The first is they appear to be something. The second is they deny its power. I thought that was interesting because I've been meditating this going over and over and over and I listen to it at night and, and, and I listen to it while I'm driving and I'm reading it every opportunity that I get. And I never paid attention to recently that it says that they appear to be godly, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. So the second problem is they deny its power. So not only do they appear to be something they're not, it reminds me of Matthew, which is quoting Isaiah, says, my people, they draw near with, my, with their words, but their hearts are far from me. So we cannot be deniers of, of the, that power. Go with me to Titus. Titus, that's the next book over. Titus chapter 1, verse 18 says this. Titus chapter 1, verse 18, it says, They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. I, I quoted this last week. They profess all the right stuff. There's some, there's some people who make all the right confessions, and they can tell you what you believe and what they believe better than you, and yet they have no life to back up what they're saying. We, we're, to, we're to be Christians. We're to be believers. We're to be doers of the word of God. Go with me to Romans chapter one. Let's talk about how they deny, they deny the power of the gospel. Romans chapter one, verse 16. Romans chapter one, verse 16. It says this. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I love the fact that Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed. If you're, if you're ashamed of Jesus, you'll never see his power. Amen. You can't be ashamed of his of praying for the sick. You can't be ashamed of driving out devils. You can't be ashamed of, of leading somebody to Christ. You can't be ashamed. I love that the young man, Elijah, came up and he prayed with boldness. 
There was nothing shy about him. He was not ashamed that, and you can tell that he's been praying. You can tell that the word has been, been cultivated in his life. That's what we're looking for. That's what the Lord is looking for. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. Verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith, or the righteous shall live by faith. Um, verse 19, 18 says this, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness, what do they do? They suppress the truth. So one way these people deny the power of the gospel is they suppress the truth. Have you ever seen somebody who suppressed the truth? They know that they're wrong, but they'll sit there and lie to you. They will tell you a lie, and you know when they tell it, you know on the inside there's something. They lying. I, I don't know about you, but on the inside of me sometimes, I meet somebody, and, and, and something go off. I got this from a mentor by the name of Robert Nelson. He says, something ain't right. On the inside, it just goes off. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. You better watch them. Like, on the inside, I know something. Stay away from this person. I, I shared a story of an associate of mine. Um, she was um, single, and she's still single, and she's doing her clothes, and she was washing her clothes and dry, and a man came to her, tried to holler at her, talk to her, and the Holy, so she began to witness to him, and he rejected it, and the Holy Spirit said, leave him alone. Now, some unwise, unmature Christian would have continued on to try to witness to him. So she left him alone the next couple of months, he ended up moving upstairs with her neighbor upstairs, and he beat the girl almost half to death. And the Holy Ghost said, that was meant for you. It pays to listen to the Holy Ghost. Um, the, the boys are in Christian school, and they're, they're the, school, the school that they're part of, church actually burnt down um, back in March. And do you know that my wife took Declan in the church to walk around it about 15 minutes before it burned down. I'm telling you, it pays to listen to the Holy Ghost. Don't override what's on the inside of you. You may not be able to articulate it with your mind, but it's on the inside of you. Go with that. And there, 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 there are people who, and there are things that you see through social media and, and everything seems to be rolling, right? Everything seems to be, it's like a, a fad, F-A-D. Like it's, it's like it's, it's, it's popping. This is what you should be doing. But I'm telling you, we should stay with what we know. If you're going to thrive in the last days, this is a point. You got to stay with what you know. When, when, when what you know is built on a sure foundation, stay with it. Um, don't get caught up in the hype of the church or the, what appears to be the glory of God. And I'm not against smoke machines, and we're going to have some for the young people, but some people have traded the glory of God for some smoke. They, they, they want what that is trying to create when God is after straight change and repentance. I'm telling you, um, I got criticized when I was a youth pastor. I got criticized for just preaching the Bible, and I didn't have all the bells and whistles, and lives were changed because of it. Amen. People are not going to be changed by lights going, dimming, and, and you haven't. And I'm not against when you go to a service and the lights and you're worshiping. And it helps you to think more about what you're singing about, and that's nice, but we need real change. And, and, and the way things are going, that's not changing anything. 
Uh, we, we see different movements and different organizations and denominations and non-denominations, and, and everybody's on that 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 wagon and it and it and doesn't produce five, 10, 15, 20 years. I remember um, when I was youth pastor, they used to have hip hop churches and, and all these churches popping up and it was hip hop and it's all about the young people. If you got a, a church bunch full of bunch of young people and and they're rapping and I mean, what is it gonna look like when they're 40 and 50? <laughs> they got, you know what I'm saying? Gold teeth. I mean like like it's just it was it was it was something that what people were drawn to. Are they really reaching the young people? Then they had Christian clubs, where where they had music. And and one day I decided to go. I was young, younger, and I decided to go to this Christian club thing. And they had Christian um, um, house music, and they're dancing. And, and and I, you know, if you know me, I just sit on sit. I barely danced at my own wedding, so I just kind of sit back, just like hmm. And they're dancing, and oh, we love Jesus. And, and I left, and I left, and as I was leaving, I felt something was behind me. I looked behind, and nothing was behind me. And, and as I got to my car, I felt this, this push, pushed me right into the car. And, um, and I knew it was demonic. And the Lord says, when you walked in there, something was attracted to you, and it was following you to your car. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care. I'm not going to mention names. I'm about to mention Forgive me, Lord. Um, I don't care about what celebrity preacher or what known preacher, unknown preacher says. We got to stay with the text and with the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't look right, doesn't sound right, doesn't smell right, stay away from it. I don't care who it is. I don't care. If I've, I've lived off of your word that was real good 20 years ago. You, 20 years ago it was good, but now it went sour. It can happen. <laughs> uh, and so you got to stay with what. So these people, they suppress the truth. Sometimes people are after their own agenda and, and they pushing their own, their own. You no, know, non-denomination is really denominations. <laughs> you know, they pushing their own stuff. And we got to be careful. Uh, you know, they, they love the founder. I graduated from Rama. I love Brother Hagan, but I do not worship him. I follow the Holy Spirit and I follow the word of God. Uh, I, I love Apostle Skinner and I, and I love A. Allen and Catherine Kuhlman. But then there's some things that they said and believe that I leave alone. I love Daddy Seymour and, and Azusa Street. But the power is not in that. It's in the gospel. Amen. I love some things with John MacArthur and John Piper. There's some things I, I reject. So I stay with the book. No matter what happens, if you're going to thrive, you got to stay with what you know is true. Uh, Jesus loves me. Uh, that's true. I'm going to stay with that. I don't need some deep, dumb religion or dream or vision. If Jesus never appears to me, I got something better than appearance of Jesus. I got his word and I got his spirit on inside of me and I'm part of a church. Amen. Glory to God. So if you're going to thrive, let's go back to um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. I tell you, I love great men and women of God, but I do not follow them 100%. Uh, there's things that they say and do, and I'm like, nope, reject that. That's the way my dad taught me. He says, if I say something that doesn't agree with what you understand with that book and that you're not sure about, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Put it on the back burner and, and prove it out. Kenneth Hagin, some people who are always quoting him and saying his name, he would, he would come from heaven and slap him right now. He says, when you go and preach, don't ever use my name. And then people say, but Brother Hagin said, Brother Hagin said, well, no, what did the Bible say? Uh, a lot of times when, I, when people find out I went to Ramah, they say, 
you don't seem like one of them because I'm Christian. Uh, I didn't know you, I go to Baptist circles. I didn't know you were Pentecostal because I'm a Christian. You know, and, and, I, and I just, I, I never wanted those labels. Oh, he's Pentecostal. He's word of faith or he's reformed. Now, I'm a Christian that believes the Bible. Amen. Because people are flaky. And sometimes when you start with those labels, then you, you, they automatically assume things about you that's untrue. And so these people, they have an appearance of it. And let's look at what they deny. They deny what they deny the gospel. They don't believe the entire gospel. Number two, they do not allow their faith to affect their lives. This is what they're denying. You know, Paul says we walk by faith and they do not allow their faith to control their lives. The next is they suppress the truth. They love the praises of people more than the praises of God. They deny the truth. Uh, You know, they they refuse. When you're praying and when you're in the word of God and something comes to you um, and and you, you see the scripture in a way that perhaps you were never taught, it, it may be the Lord trying to get you over into truth about that. It could, it could be saying, you know what, that, that's not what it's saying. You got to be open and faithful to the text. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, heaven's not real. I mean, there, there's, there's a group of people who believe that heaven's not real and, you know, heaven's a state of mind. I reject that. Um, there's people who believe in that the three, instead of the three persons of God, the three personalities of God. We reject that. That sounds like God is crazy. Three personalities. What? No. We stay with what the text actually says. They also, they believe the lie over the truth. We've been talking on Wednesday. We started a three-week Wednesday night Bible study, and we talked about what lies behind lies and the reason why some people's faith is not working because they're liars. They lie. And so, therefore, they put God's word on their mouth, and they think that word is a lie because they lie all the time. That I'm telling you, I'm telling you, by the Spirit and by experience, the reason why confession and faith is not working for some people, because they're liars. They don't keep their own words, so therefore they don't believe God can keep his. <clears throat> Avoid such people. Avoid them. Don't think you can help them. There is a lie that because you are anointed and you can win souls, that you can change somebody. I'm going to stay in this relationship because I'm going to help them. That's a lie. I'm going to change them. That's a lie. How many people you know in a relationship thinking, well, once I get married to them, they're going to change? No, they're not going to change. They're not going to change. That's a lie. They're going to be the same. It's just going to be magnified even more so. And so don't stay in a relationship thinking that person is going to change, whether I'm going to minister to them. No, you ain't going to minister to them. You just got finished sleeping with them, so how are you going to minister to them? I'm telling you, oh, I'm, I'm changing them. Oh, I'm going to get them coming to church. And as soon as you get married, they're going to stop coming to church. <laughs> That's right. If people don't want God, then you are wasting your time. You are casting your pearls before pigs. And so let's not waste our time. If they do not want the truth, remove yourself from them. Say, you know what? You're letting me see something. You might not say this to them, but on the inside, say, you're letting me see something. I'm done. I, I'm done. You can see my face. None.com. Yeah. I am done. I am not. No, I'm not going to say nothing to you. You think, you know, somebody comes to me and say, well, the Lord said, and right when, when they say the Lord said that they, they just tied my hands. Amen. So what would what you want me to say? You said the Lord said, go ahead. <laughs> the Lord said, 
You know, I remember this couple, they, they had to go out and start a church. Oh, they, they were, oh, God, oh, the Lord called me. You know, the souls are calling. I said, well, brother, why don't you just wait a little bit? Oh, no, the Lord called me. Oh, no. And they go out and start a church, and they, and they doing it and doing it. And then five, six years later, no church in existence. So what, what happened to the Lord said? Or, or, or somebody getting married. The Lord told me to marry this person. Oh, I got to have it. Oh, Really? When they start talking that stuff, I pull back and I'm saying, I'm done. Don't, don't call me because it, you, you, you know, you're going to read something that you're going to cry later. Let's go look at verse 6. It says, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women. King James says silly women. Burdened with sins, led astray by various passions. Always learning and never able to arrive to at a knowledge of the truth. Man, what, 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 a, what bondage. So these false brothers and false preachers and false prophets and false teachers, they were going around in people's homes and they were capturing women who were weak in the faith. They, now Paul isn't referring to all women. He's talking to women who were prone to false teachings. These false brothers Sense and they sniffed the weakness of the women to take advantage of them. These women were always learning after knowledge, but not able to have true understanding. They were able to come to some type of truth. And it was because of their heart was evil. You know, some people like to argue and like to like philosophy and they, they enjoy the intellect so much that they idolize it. They got to get the, all the answers. As a Christian, you know we don't, we're not going to have all the answers. Deuteronomy says there's mystery things belong to the Lord. And so there's some things that I'm not going to be able to understand and be able to articulate. By faith, I believe this. How can a, a woman be a virgin and bring forth the Son of God? I don't know. It's a great mystery. They like to keep an open mind. These women, they like to keep an open mind to whatever someone might suggest. And their minds are so open then they're able to come to a place of conviction about the truth. You, we're to be open, but we're not to be open to everything. I'm so open, whatever he wants. And this is, it sounds good. Whatever he, you know, if it's not in the book, I'm open to it. <laughs> uh, if, 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 it if it's not clear, I'm just open. No, no, that's, that Bible never tells us to be open like that. You come on, you open yourself that much, you're giving place to the devil. <clears throat> you know, when I go to pray, I'm open for a vision. Oh, you open for the devil to come and deceive you. We're not to seek after visions, and we're not to seek after always hearing a prophetic word, but we're to be open to the scriptures, open to the word of God. You can't come to the place <clears throat> where you don't know what you believe. You don't check your brain out when you go to prayer. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. You don't take your brain out when you go to prayer. And when you go to a service and they, stuff is going on, sit back and look at it. So, mm, what's going on over there? Uh-uh, something's confusing. You know, and, and you just, and, and you don't always put your mouth on it because it, it may be God, but, but, but it's better to, to be on a safe. Well, you're not, I'm, I, I remember going to a service recently and, 
And um, purposely, I left the, I, I, I act like, uh, you know, somebody's calling me right now. I'm going to answer this call so I can slip out. I went to support a friend and went in my car and I stayed after the conversation. I stayed in the car hoping because they were praying for everybody. And I was like, Lord, oh, Lord, let me miss. The, I, I, I just don't want to get hands laid on. You don't understand. I, I have had hands laid on me all my life. So I'm not impressed somebody trying to lay hands on me. So I'm just like, oh, God, I just, I just, don't, I just don't want people to oh, lay hands on me all the time. Like, I just, I understand that, oh, we see this. No, no, I know I'm going to get the anointing if I be faithful in what the anointing I got. If I pray and fast and do what the will of God. So what you got, I'm, I'm not even envy off of that. You know, great, you raised somebody from the dead. Me and me, a, good, a friend of mine, uh, he's in um, North Carolina, a wonderful man of God, and, and it was a prophet that came to his church, and two prophets. And you're talking about accurate, like, just give you details tell you stuff that nobody else know. And he said to me yesterday, he says, they will never come back to my church. They said they, they're not people of character. One has a lust spirit and he, he wants to connect with some of the women that he prophesied to. The other one, um, the, the one prophet raised about $30,000. Now he got a small congregation and he didn't even know the people had 30,000. Raised $30,000 in one service. I heard Bishop Bailey say this, my bishop, he said um, there was a woman who, a young lady who grew up in the youth ministry and then she went to college and got connected to another church in town. And a prophet that came, prophet prophesied, and she gave her tuition money away because of what the prophet said. And so now the girl had to stay out of school and coming to her, coming to him, praying about it. So what he did is, <clears throat> y'all got a chance to meet him when he comes here. He, he said... He called the pastor. He said, hey, you know, that prophet you had, the young lady who's part of your church, gave her tuition away, and she's out of school now. <clears throat> she's, he said, I'm not even asking you to ask that prophet for money. I'm asking, I'm going to give you half of the tuition. I'm going to give her half of the tuition. I'm asking you to give the other half because you put that man in front of, front of the young Christian. And um, the man eventually did it. But I tell you, uh, these prophets... And they may be somewhat accurate, but I'm not moved because you prophesied my number and you know my social security number. I, it's, it's just, don't be moved by that. It, it's, and I hope I'm not creating a culture where we're against prophetic words, but, but we, we got to be careful. Let's not be addicted to prophetic words. When was the last word that you did that you got, you received? So we're creating a culture of, of prophetically hearing words from God, but a lack of obedience to the word. And so I, I just, I mean, and so him and I was talking to a pastor from North Carolina. I was like, you know what? Yeah, the, I, you know, we can prophesy to the people. You know, the Lord can give us a word for the people. I'm not going to allow these men and women to rape God's people over some money. $30,000 in one service. And then the next week, People say, like, oh, I need church. I need, I need money for, to pay my mortgage, my rent. <laughs> I mean, it's just horrific. And, and we have to watch out for these people. Um, going back to the text, it says these women, um, they were silly and they were weak in faith. They had, they always learning, but never able to come to a place of truth. I mean, know oh, the Lord is looking for some hand, handmaidens. Some women of God, some, some, some women of faith, godly women 
women who, 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 who guard their homes and love their husbands and raise their children. That goes a long way than some prophetic prophecy. Amen. I think, I think sometimes people are like, oh, you're a prophetess. When are you going to start your ministry? I, 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 you know, as Courtney and I, it's like people, you know, you got pastors and you got the bishop. And then you, the, the, the wife is the, the, the pastor or the wife sometimes is the apostle and the pastor is the husband. I mean, the husband is the pastor. Just twist it. You know, oh, they're, they're co-pastoring. I mean, I'm, hear my heart. If you don't invite me to your church, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not looking for a place to preach. I was preaching to perfume bottles before you were alive. And so it's just like, you know, you got these two heads. And then there's, then there's, there's demonic activities where... There's competition between the husband and the wife in ministry and not realizing, if, especially if you got little kids, that's your first ministry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to be a prophetess, I mean, never forget, and I'm going to quote Dad Hagen on this, um, a, a woman, she, she had a word from the Lord. Um, she would go to this prayer meeting. You got to watch prayer meetings. Um, a lot of times they turn into prophetic meetings. So you, they, they're not really praying, they're prophesying. So it's no longer a prayer meeting. And so she went and, and, and the women of the church prophesied to her in this prayer meeting and said, God had called you to the nations and, uh, and, and the Lord is calling you to, to go into the nations and prophesy. And so she, she went back and told her husband, she said, oh, you, we're not going to have sexual relations. You can't touch me because I'm called to the nations. And, and, and so she's just like, I'm anointed and destroyed that household. That man was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. And I'm telling you that sometimes, whether it's silly women or silly, silly men, get people twisted. They always want something deep, always looking for something new. I'm telling you, if you go back to my old sermons, you'll hear some of the same things you hear now. <laughs> Just mature. Uh, and, and so we should stay with what we know. Uh, I don't want to come to a place where I'm always learning, but never able to come to the truth. Let's look at verse 8. Janus, Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualifying regarding the faith, but they would not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So these two men that Paul mentions, they're not named, they're not found in the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. You go back in Exodus, you, you, don't, you don't find their names. But their names are actually, this is Paul quoting Jewish external biblical reference. And that's where he got the names from. Jewish tradition says that these were the magicians that opposed Moses. So you remember when Moses stood before Pharaoh and he, um, the Lord told him to throw down his rod and it turned into a snake. I, as a kid, I got mad at God about that. Because I'm like, why are you going to use a snake? Like, out of all the animals, you're going to have to use this reptile. Like, I, I just, I, I, as a kid, I was mad at God. I said, God, I don't understand. You don't, don't you know the snake is evil? You know, I'm thinking, you know, through my, through my eyes. Uh, uh, can you imagine me mad at God? Um, and so what happened? The magicians did what? The same thing. Threw down their snakes. And what happened? Moses' snake ate their snakes. Power of God will always trump the powers of Satan. So power of Satan has some power, but the Lord's power will always trump 
that. And so, and you see Moses doing different signs to Pharaoh to let um, Pharaoh to let God's people go. And these two guys specifically, they were doing some of the same things. And they were opposing Moses. You know, there's some people who oppose you. As you, as you, as, as we're talking about the last days, they will oppose. These men also oppose the truth. They, they, they oppose the truth. They have corrupted minds. And the Bible actually says they disqualified in their faith. They will be found out. Eventually, these false prophets and they go around and they preaching here and they prophesying about these th- different things. They will be found out over time. Like we talked about on Wednesday night, truth is a lie is but for a moment, but truth endures forever. And truth, as I was quoting Mom Graham, um, she sat me down one time when I was a young, young, young buck. And she says, you know, a lie will spread across real quick. But truth takes its time. If you think about a mountain, she actually, I think she said a hill. Truth goes up to that hill and it just takes its time. But when it gets to the top and on the other side, it eventually comes all the way out. We don't have to defend the truth. We don't have to try to make somebody for, to receive Jesus or receive the Holy Spirit. Truth will come out. They'll see. And if they don't see in this lifetime, they'll see in the next. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Let's look at verse 10. You, however, have followed my, my teaching, my conduct, my aim and faith. My, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my sufferings that happened at me at Antioch, Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endure, and yet from them all the Lord rescued, and from them all the Lord rescued me. Let's stop here. We see Paul, he's, he talks about my, I thought, I thought he had listened to Johnny Gill, my, 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 my. Uh, y'all catch that on the way home. Because <laughs> he said my a lot. My. <laughs> Put on a red dress. Oh, sorry. My teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering. And over in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says, my gospel. My teaching refers to doctrine. He says, you have known my doctrine. You follow my doctrine. Follow what I'm teaching, the truth of the gospel. Follow my life, way of living, my aim in life. Follow, notice this. He says, follow my purpose. That to me is profound because today's like, you need to discover your own purpose. He says, follow my purpose, my mission. Uh, my faith. Well, what, what are we talking about? My faith. My dependence upon God. Then he says, my patience. What is that? My ability to bear under and have forbearance towards others. Patience has to do has to do with having patience with others. Pa- you're never to be patient with trials and tribulation. My patience is dealing with patience deals with people. We need to be patient with people. Then he says, my love, Christian love, unconditional love. Then he says, my steadfastness, which is different than patience. This is where, let's talk about endurance. Endurance through whatever I'm going through. So you have steadfastness or endurance referring to 
hold out and bear under whatever trials you may face. So you endure the trials, but you're patient with people. Did you hear me? There is a difference. I'm patient with people, but I endure the trial. You don't endure endure people, but you're patient with them. Um, And then he says, my persecution, which is the process designed to harass or to oppress. And then my suffering, sufferings, which is the ability to deal with the results of my persecution. So some of the persecution that we will get as Christians will oppress us, harass us, and cause sufferings. Let's take a look at this real quick. Uh, Go with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts 13 talks about when he was at Antioch. Um, Acts 14, 1 through 5 talks about Iconium. And Acts 14, 19 talks about Lystra. Let's go look at this. Acts chapter 14, verse 19. Acts chapter 14, real quick. Acts 14, 19 says this. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, having persuaded the crowds. They stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. To be an apostle back in the day (laughs) meant that it was going to cost you your life. Today, everybody got that title. I'm apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm a pastor. Just like we got false prophets, we got false pastors, false teachers, false brothers and sisters. They stoned Paul. They dragged him out of the city. They thought he was dead. And But verse 20, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city and on the next day and went with Barnabas to to Derby, however you say that. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, encouraging the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And they had appointed elders for them in every church. With prayers and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Notice this, that Paul didn't run away from persecution. He didn't run away from Goliath. He ran to them. He kept, but they, they stoned him. He got up, went, preached the gospel somewhere else, and came right back. Let, let's, let's test leadership now. You're such an apostle. And then some people say, well, if you're such a just great man of God, why are you being persecuted? Can you stop them with your words? You believe in confession. That's what some people would say today. Confess them away. Well, you can't confess what God never promised. God never promised that we wouldn't have persecution. Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, verse 12, it says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? Persecuted. Notice this, as I'm meditating this, it says desire. That, that's a little bit different than just actually living godly. If whoever desires, all who desire to live a godly life, if your desire is just a little bit to live for Jesus, there's going to be some persecution. That desire and that passion to live for Jesus will invoke a war on you. And this is what some people don't, they don't deal with. They, you know, they, they want the Jesus that promised them a comfortable life. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus of the Bible will pull you into uncomfortable situations. 
and he will cause you to live in a way that it provokes persecution. If you're living in Christ and there's no persecution on you, then you're not doing it right. I never forget this. Uh, let me not say that. Thank you. Um, verse 13, while evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. These evil people, what, 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 what's going on with them? They go from bad to worse. They're not going to get better. These imposters. I love the, the book, Great, you know, Good to Great. <laughs> they do that. Every time I read that, I think about good to great. They go from bad to worse. Bad to worse. Let's continue. It says, um, verse 14, but as, as for you, continue with what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. And all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Real quick, let's take a look at this. Paul says, continue in what you've learned. If you know what you know is the truth, continue on in that. Don't go around looking for some newsness. New revelation, new gospel, it sounds good, it looks good, it smells good, they got a different sound. Sometimes people talk about a sound from heaven. The Bible, the gospel is the sound from heaven. I'm not looking for something that is not echo in scriptures. I don't care what it looks. At one point, I, when I was in Tulsa, or before I was, got to Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, there was a, women and, 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 and men who, who were quote-unquote anointed and, and supposedly gold was fr falling from heaven. Gold was falling from heaven, dust of gold, and people were flocking. I'm like, what the heck? Like, what, what is this going to do to me, for me? Gold, what's, what's gold going to do? Like, is it going to make me closer to Jesus? Is it going to help me live godly? Is it going to pay my bills? Like, maybe take a little bit of gold and take it to the pawn shop and get some money. I mean, I don't know. But it's, it's craziness. I'm telling you, things are going to get worse. You can go on YouTube channels and see prophet so-and-so and, and pastor so-and-so and apostle so-and-so and, and people, you know, getting slain. I believe in being slain in the spirit. But this crazy stuff, people just, they fall out and nothing happens. No change. I didn't finish telling my story. I was, I was in the car and I waited a long time and I got back and as soon as I walked in, my friend was like, hey, don't you want to get late? I was like, oh God, I'm going against everything. Not that I don't believe the man or the woman was anointed, but I just, I, I, I'm not into games. Like, I don't, I don't care about that. I want change. I mean, preach me a good, if you don't do nothing else, preach a good solid word. I can apply when I get home. I mean, I'm not looking for a move of God. I'm looking for God. I don't want his movement. I want him. The re William Adele, my friend, says, the reward of worship is God. Sometimes we like worship because it makes us feel good. I love you. And it, it does soothe your soul. I, you know, I love you. People can do some wicked things to some worship music. But if you got God, you can't do some wicked things. I want him. He is the reward of my worship. So what are some of the applications here? What, 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 what do we need to take away from here? We need to continue what we know to be the truth. If you're going to thrive in the last days, continue what you know to be the truth. Um, and then 
I want to end with this, that you need to, I love the fact that he says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for doctrine, for reproof, for rebuke, for correction, for training. The word of God wants to correct us. If you go to the scriptures that always gives you these wonderful promises, you need to have some scriptures that will correct you. Amen. So the word of God needs to correct us. If you're going to thrive in the last days, you need to receive the correction of the word. And I love the fact he says training in righteousness. You need to be training your spirit. You need to be training your mind. You need to be training your body in righteousness. Come on, let's train in righteousness. Oh, I'm going to be a righteous person. I'm going to have the fruit of righteousness. And it it talks about... um, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In order for you to do the good works, you got to be trained. You got you to receive the word of God. You got to continue in what you know to be true. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So how does this impact our lives? Let, let's, let's, let's know this gospel. Let's let, let the gospel impact our lifestyle, purpose, our faith, our patience, our love, our steadfastness, our persecution and suffering. This is the only way we're going to make it. We got to hold on to the word of God. We got to hold on to the gospel that no matter what's happening, and I, and, and I, I believe in, in, in signs and wonders. I've been in services where I, I've, I've laughed for hours on the floor. I've rolled all over the carpet. Um, I've been in services where I cried. And the weeping, the spirit of God came upon me and I cried at services where I prayed in the spirit and, and I'm weeping and, and answering the call of God on my life. And, and, and I've experienced the fire of God and his, his zeal. And those things are needed and we embrace when it's the spirit of God. But I'm telling you, there's some falseness. Uh, as you can look through the Internet, you see fakeness and things that are not real. And, and, and these people are after money. They, they're, they're after our, uh, to be able to speak into our lives. It's just be careful. Let's not be moved by those things. It, th- this is the day that we're living in. Everybody doesn't have the right heart. They don't have the, there are people who are enemies of the cross. Enemies of the cross. I, I'm learning that. I mean, I, I, in the past, I've had the tendency to believe the best of people. But how many know when God delivers warning to you, you're not to override that? It's not always but to believe the best. Sometimes, mm, they are a snake. Mm, they're not right. Something is not right with them. And, and you in a service and on the inside of you, you can't find scriptures to what's happening in the service. And, and your mind, just it's, it's better to, to go with that and miss that than to go with something that contraries the word of God. If you go and they lay hands on you, your head hurt. <laughs> that happened to me. I was in New York City. I went to this church service because I like this girl. And, um, and I'll tell you, um, her pastor laid hands on me and I got a headache. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And my cousin like, what's wrong? Well, you need to rebuke that man of God. I was a teenager. But I said, you're my cousin. I need you to lay hands on me. You're a Baptist self. I, I'm, uh, she's like, it's like, why you go to that church? I went to the church because I like this girl. And I want to be with this girl. She rejected me. She was too religious anyway. Um, you know, she didn't believe in wearing pants and stuff like that. But I didn't care. I, I liked her. She was pretty. And stuff. <laughs> 
But I went to her church, and I guess I was trying to impress her because I went up to, to get laid hands on her, and I got a headache. <laughs> I said, oh, God, I got a devil. Oh, God, I got to get some deliverance tonight. Jesus. True story. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it actually happened. Um, it's right there in Queens. Uh, let's thrive in the last days. Let's hold on to what we know to be true. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here, you don't know Jesus. Jesus wants to be real to you. He said, I want this Jesus you talk about, the Bible tells us about. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I will make him the Lord of my life. Is there one? He said, well, Pastor Dwayne, I'm in a backslidden condition. I'm not walking right, but I want to come back home. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. There's no shame in recognizing you can come back home. Is there one? Number three, Pastor Dwayne, I want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. I want you to be bold and brave enough and raise your hand. So that's me. And number four, I'm looking for a church home and I want to make, I want to make Kayla in my home. I want you to raise your hand. If one of those categories, if that's in your heart, I want you to raise your hand and we will pray with you. Father, I thank you for your people. I pray that we would continue to thrive. As, as people are going from bad to worse, we go from good to great. We go, we're more in love with Jesus than we were yesterday. And Father, I thank you that this fire, this passion will continue on to the day we go come and see you or the day you crack the sky. Father, I thank you, Father. I thank you that we will not be defeated. The Bible, Lord Jesus, you said boldly, the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. I thank you that as things are getting worse in the world, things are getting better in the church. Thank you, Father. That we are flourishing, even as someone says, we are a tree planted by the streams of water. And I thank you that everything that we touch prosper in the midst of an uh, unprosperous world. We prosper, our, our health is prospering, our finances is prospering, our, our marriages are prospering. When the world is getting divorced, we're getting stronger as a, as a, uni, a unit. In the name of Jesus, um, as organizations around us are failing, the church is growing. We are attracting more people to Christ. Just the mere preaching of the word and the love in the community of believers than all the concerts in the world. Father, I thank you, Lord. We don't want hype. We want the real. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You told us this morning, you told me this morning that you're coming after falsehood. And I thank you that you, you're coming after that which is false in us and false in the church. We don't want masks. We want Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you. Come on, lift up those hands. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We glorify you. We worship you, Jesus. We, th we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. 
For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail. The address is P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, that's R-A-N-C-O-C-A-S, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.